The Chargers suffered a tough loss to the Lions on Sunday, but one of the best things that came out of that loss was that Justin Herbert is fully back to being the elite quarterback that we knew he was. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but... This is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, Daniel, it is buy or sell. So we got to get into the biggest storylines and overreactions for the Chargers. And I think the best one for me is Justin Herbert is definitely back. After a little bit of a slow start, I think he showed everybody why he is an elite quarterback, all of the qualities that he brings to the table when he is at his best. And then we talk about Keenan Allen in year 11, firmly as a top five wide receiver in the NFL. And I think it's time that we have the conversation for Dayon Henley to get introduced into the linebacker lineup. Yeah, a ton of good conversations today to get into, starting with Justin Herbert, because obviously that's the most important part of this team. But today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. David, I love doing buy or sell. Let's just get into, get into you know some of the things that might get left out during a post-game show or something along those lines. But it's been hard for me to get over a lot of the bad things from Sunday with the lines, and there's a ton of things that obviously are super concerning going forward. But the most positive outcome from that game, the most positive thing that came from that game, was definitely Justin Herbert's performance. Because I think when he did it against the Bears, you were like, okay, it's starting to get close to what yeah. we know he is. And then you have the Jets game against the best pass defense in the league, right? And then obviously still with the finger bothering him. Now it felt like we saw more of what we have come to expect from Justin Herbert, which is obviously an incredibly high bar that he has put on himself because of his production over his first two years. So the buyer sell is this, David. Justin Herbert is back. I am so happy to be able to say uh, after this latest performance against a legitimate opponent yeah. that Justin Herbert is absolutely back. I mean, and I, I mentioned a little bit of a slow start. I mean, six for 11, 43 yards and that interception in the first four offensive possessions of the game. But after that, <laughs> he was absolutely money. I mean, he was 21 of 29 for 271 yards and four touchdown passes that came from Eric Smith of the Chargers. And especially good in the second half, Daniel. I mean, when his best was required, I mean, he absolutely delivered 13 of 16, 144 yards, three touchdowns, a 143.8 passer rating, and he was credited with five big-time throws. Big-time throws are a pass with excellent ball location and timing, generally thrown further down the field and into a tighter window. Justin Herbert showed you all of the qualities that a top quarterback has the ability to evade the rush, the ability to throw on the run, to be able to throw with touch, to be able to throw with accuracy and to be able to unload that cannon when necessary. And Justin Herbert did all of that against the lions on Sunday. 
And we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but it's hard not to correlate that just with the finger being healthier, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the other biggest thing was just the pass protection held up much oh, better yes. on Sunday, as it did in the Chicago Bears game against a lesser pass rush in that game, right? But this one, you had the legitimate pass rush you were going up against. You had a legitimate passing defense yeah. you were going up against, and the Chargers, you know, torched them anyways. But I don't know if we talked about enough. Uh, Chris Reem from ESPN putting out that article a couple of weeks ago about J.C. Jackson where in it, it said that Justin Herbert's finger, when he broke it in that game against the Raiders, the bone actually punctured the skin. Yeah. Like, that's insane, right? And he didn't miss a snap. That was the other insane part. He's like, oh, this is pretty cool. He actually said that. <laughs> yeah, which is insane to think about. I mean, just, you know, how tough this dude is. I mean, I'd probably pass out if I saw my bone come through my finger. But I think the yeah, other most same. impressive thing is, like, he did it in this game without Gerald Everett, you know, for most of this game. Like, tight end one, yeah. your wide receiver two, Mike Williams, your wide receiver three, Joshua Palmer. It still wasn't enough to hold him back in this one and stop him from torching that defense. Yeah, and the big-time throws, obviously a pretty subjective stat, but the most he had had in the game this season before sure. that was three. So, seeing him, I mean, and yeah. watching the film and actually seeing the throws and the quality of the throws that he made in this one, I think really backs that up because it was insane what he did. The fourth best performance per EPA this season. Of course, the third belongs to the Lions in that game, which is obviously tough. And I think the biggest thing to me, David, is like, okay, if the offensive line can't do what they did on Sunday, do we still do we see it kind of revert back to him not being as great, right? Or is it, okay, we've actually seen him turn the corner, so maybe he struggles a little bit more if the pass rush is all over him, but you're still going to see a lot more of what we saw on Sunday. I mean, Justin Herbert is so dynamic at being able to evade the rush, Daniel, that he covers up a lot of the deficiencies that the offensive line presents. But I think the proof is in the pudding. When he gets solid protection, he is able to dice up pretty much any defense that he goes up against. So the Chargers absolutely need to continue on that trend of at least on the offensive line, being able to provide Justin Herbert with a little bit of time. A little bit of time with him goes a long way. He showed that against the Lions. He did, and I mean, I don't think you can expect that every game. I mean, there's going to be more games. Like, I, I buy or sell the Chargers offensive line is fixed. I would sell that, right? Like, yeah. it's not enough yeah. after one performance. But no. the most passing touchdowns he's had this season, and I thought in a, game, a single game, obviously, but I thought the biggest thing was just elevating the weapons around him, right? Took Keenan Allen's game to the next level, found a way to use Quentin Johnson, no found a way to get Jalen Guyton involved, found a way to really put this team on his back when they needed him to in a shootout game. And I thought that was the Justin Herbert that we all know and knew, you know, it was kind of just a matter of time. Like it was kind of like last year when he finally got healthy after the broken rib cartilage, right? Where it's like, okay, there was a, a moment in the season where it changed and you could tell he was obviously more healthy and more yeah. comfortable. I thought that's kind of what we saw on Sunday, that kind of breakout performance, but let's get to the next buy or sell here, Dave, because another big thing going into that game was playing well in the second half offensively. Unfortunately, the Chargers did everything they could in the second half offensively and it still wasn't enough. But this is the buy or sell here today, David. After that performance, the Chargers have fixed their second half offense. Yeah, I mean, as as encouraged as I was with their performance uh, against the Lions, I, I think it's just not quite enough for me yet. So I'm going to sell it for now. The Chargers did lead, you know, touchdown drives on their final six possessions, which you know is, is spectacular and final a five. lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that came, you know, in the second half. But, you know, versus the Bears, only a couple of games ago, they only scored six points, a pair of field goals. 
They did do, you know, pretty well, you know, against the Jets scoring 10 points, although a lot of that was because of short fields. I mean, um, one of those, dri- the, the touchdown drive started on the two-yard line. Right. So yeah, hard yeah. To put much talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, hey, 21 points against the Lions. I mean, that's definitely very, very encouraging. But I think I need to see it another week before I'm ready to buy in completely on the second half offense. Um, I love that performance, and hopefully this is the performance that jumpstarts that into, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I don't think you're ever expecting perfection from this offense, right? But to be as kind of discombobulated as we've seen them in the second half and to see that performance, three drives, three touchdowns, right? It doesn't get anything better than that. Like, it can't get better than that. 10 plays, 92 yards. That was probably the most impressive one. 16 plays, 75 yards. 7 plays, 68 yards. They ended every single drive with a touchdown. They had to go for it pretty much, right? And they were chasing, which led to that. I mean, a lot of four-down territory drives kind of in there mixed in but like i'm buying it as much as you can buy one game right yeah. like they they were perfect like there there was nothing yeah it was beautiful to watch from them obviously the the lions also led multiple touchdown drives in the game when he field goal drive so they didn't get as many opportunities as you'd like i mean they only got three drives justin herbert only touched the ball three times in the second half as far as yeah. you know drives he had so it's a shame they did everything they could. And I feel like the nice thing about that game is like you legitimately felt like even when it hasn't felt like this at times this season, if Justin Herbert got the ball back in that game, he was going to go win it. Like that's oh, I 100% what it felt. believe that. And even when yeah. it like didn't feel like that and there was games where that wasn't the case early in the season, it felt like this version of Justin Herbert was going to take them down to get that win if they were able to get that final stop on that last drive. Oh, yeah, he, he was in God mode. There was no way they were stopping him. Yeah, and I mean, now it's just stacking the successes, right? Do it again yeah. this weekend. Do it again in a, another must-win game coming up against the Packers because the AFC West, or AFC in general, is an absolute bloodbath, and they need yeah, it is. every single game. The margin for error is non-existent right now. But I do want to talk about why this Chargers offense did as good as they did, and it starts with Keenan Allen, who is bona fide a top-five receiver in 2023. First, I do need to talk to you guys about something a little bit more personal. We spend a lot of time talking together. And we get fired up together on wins and losses, and we console each other after the ones like we had on Sunday against the Lions. But I'm thankful for the connection that we have, and I truly do think Chargers fans kind of all come together. And I want our chat to be a little personal today, because whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, because our partners at Jace Medical, they have life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics like Cialis. Viagra and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive our 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, that's promo code locked on at checkout so you can get that discount. This is a great thing from a customer who said, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills and have to have them. I ordered most of the daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any of their daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. David, let's continue this buy or sell here by talking about someone that is always fun to talk about, especially in year 11, and that is Keenan Allen. And, you know, the last couple of weeks on buy or sell, we've kind of bounced around the idea of Keenan Allen as a top 10 receiver, right? Because that is truly a testament especially with all the young talented wide receivers in the nfl right now i mean so many you could choose from but today we had to bump it up a little bit because i think there's a legitimate case for the one we're going to talk about right now and the buy or sell is this keenan allen right now is a top five nfl receiver 
Sorry, haters, but it's true. <laughs> it's damn true. I am <laughs> buying it. The numbers back it up. Keenan Allen has been fantastic this year. I mean, 895 receiving yards already, <laughs> which is insane. He has yeah. been spectacular. He's fourth in receiving yards, tied for fourth in touchdowns, number one in receptions, fifth in first downs. Oh, and by the way, he is the only wide receiver in the NFL with a passing touchdown. Yeah, I mean, week. yeah, yeah. I mean, 49 yard touchdown is not something a lot of these guys have on their resume. I think he is fifth now. I think that uh, Stephon Diggs passed him tonight. As Actually, as no. He, well, Stephon Diggs Stephon only had 39 seven, yards. Seven touchdowns is what I'm talking about. Oh, not, touchdowns, not in the yeah. receiving yards. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think when you're looking at this, the the Chargers put out a post basically just saying like, you know, is he not top five? He's pretty much top five in every major category. Uh, you know, fifth in receiving touchdowns, like you said, sixth in first downs. Tied for third with Tyreek Hill for most twenty plus yard catches. That must be the might be the most surprising one, right? That is it's that's like, the mo- that's the most uh, exciting part, I think. Third and most you know explosive pass catches of the season, and we're talking about thirty one year old Keenan Allen who ran like a four seven in all of the NFL. By the way, you don't have to be fast to make big plays, right? Like you might have to be fast to catch go routes for touchdowns yeah. and things like that. But as far as twenty plus yard catches go, there's been two other guys that have been better than Keenan Allen so far this season, and I think. If you're talking about long-term, I mean, I'm buying this for this year, easily, top five receiver. Like, long-term, yeah, you want Tyreek Hill, right, or, you know, Jamar Chase, who he has been better than in every single category this year. A.J. Brown, you know, Justin Jefferson, of course, right? But, like, even C.D. Lamb, you can probably throw that in there if you're just talking about what they're going to do in the future. But right now, I mean, there's been two guys you could obviously say are better than him. A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, that's it. Every other guy he leads in one category, mostly two or three categories, right? Him and Stephon Diggs have been almost identical this year with their yards, catches. I mean, they have the exact same amount of catches. Yards, you know, are close. I mean, similar type of receivers, too. I mean, just with their ability to to get open and run routes and their releases, their hands. I mean, very similar in, in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you can make the argument for C.D. Lamb for sure. C.D. Lamb has been awesome. But, like, even at that point, right, you're talking about three guys. Even if you throw Justin Jefferson in, who's been put on IR, so obviously isn't going to have the stats, but we know what he's able to do. Yeah, for sure. How can you argue him out of the top five, right? More catches, yards, and touchdowns than Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ross St. Brown. (laughs) I don't know how you could make any argument that he's not that this season. Talking about the future, that's a different conversation. Right now, Keenan Allen is a bona fide top five receiver 275 plus yard games already for him this season yeah. but he is hurt now right and brandon Staley, we did get a little bit of an update on his injury today saying he's day-to-day and i put a post out saying hey this is great to see you. that it's not a serious injury and as charger fans i think rightfully went into my comments and said brandon Staley's saying that so we don't necessarily know if it's true right like that day-to-day could mean something like i feel like if it was a severe sprain if he tore his labrum or something like that, I don't think Brandon Staley's saying it's day-to-day. But, no. David, this is the buy or sell since it's buy or sell day-to-day. This Chargers offense can survive without Keenan Allen. No. No. Not at all. I'm sorry. I, I got I have to, to, I have to sell that 100%. Yeah. Because it's just so apparent how much of an impact Keenan Allen has on – the offense. I mean, it was encouraging to see them get Jalen Guyton and Quinton Johnston involved and in the end zone. That was great. But Keenan Allen's been a one man wrecking crew. Keenan Allen has 895 receiving yards. You know who is next in active players? 
It's Austin Eckler with 235 receiving yards. That's insane. Obviously, you know, you have Mike Williams and you have, have Josh Palmer that are ahead of him, but both of them are on IR at the yeah. current moment. So that's how big of the, the discrepancy is, how big the target share difference is, the production difference. Keenan Allen has been a just gigantic part of this offense. You take him out of it, then you, you can really kind of double or you don't even have to double anybody. It's just hard to find anybody else that's, you know, beginning open and making plays on a consistent basis, not named Keenan Allen. Yeah. I mean, long-term wise, yeah, it's not going to work, right? You have to sell that. He's been the most consistent part, including Justin Herbert on this offense all season. And not only, yeah. Has he shown he's crucial this year's offense? I think he's shown that he has to be part of the 2024 offense as well. But yeah. when you're talking about this season, when you're already down Joshua Palmer and Mike Williams, wide receivers two and three, if you lose Keenan Allen, man, like even for this upcoming game, I would, yeah, like it, it would be hard for me to say that's not going to majorly impact what I think about this game. Because if not, like you're entering Legadoo non-A territory if Keenan Allen misses Ugh. this upcoming game. You're talking about your top yeah. three receivers being... Quentin Johnston, Jalen Guyton, and Simi Fajardo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here. You know, like I mean, Quentin Johnston obviously drafted number one, but I think we all know, you know, he's not ready to be wide receiver one, or probably even wide receiver two at this point, even yeah. with an encouraging game. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know how they could survive it, man. He's been, you know, the catalyst of this offense, whatever word you want to say for it. That used to be David's favorite word to say on the show, but he has I been. Got to diversify, right? Dan. Yeah, no, he, he has been that so far this season. So no doubt about day to day it. right now, I have to think with where the Chargers are at, at four and five, you know, tied for last place in the AFC West right now if the Broncos and somehow have better wins of the Chargers against the Chiefs and the Bills now, which is insane. I, there's no room for error. There's no holding guys for later on. Like if he can play, especially since play. it's not like a leg or knee or an ankle or foot or anything like that. You have to think he's going to be out there and have to just try his best not to land on it, not to do anything awkward that could, you know, potentially aggravate him more. But I think if he has any chance to play, they have to put him out there. But let's get into this buy or sell here before we wrap this segment up. We talked about Quentin Johnson. He had his first career touchdown on Sunday. The buy or sell is this. Quentin Johnson will get to five touchdowns this season. Yeah, that, that one's that one's very ambitious. Um, and then he's I already think, passed you know, Mike Williams. For yeah, season, so. uh, yeah, exactly. Which uh, I mean, a lot of people love to write Quentin Johnston off, just like they wrote Mike Williams off in his rookie year. And look what Mike Williams has done with his career since. I think the chemistry is definitely starting to develop. Um, I mean, 15 targets for 64 yards through the first six games. 13 targets for 98 yards and a touchdown through the last three games. So yeah. more targets, more opportunities, more production for Quinton Johnston. I just don't know if we're going to be able to get to five touchdowns. So I am going yeah. to sell it. Uh, I'm encouraged at least lately by what he has done and, you know, being able to make plays, especially, uh, you know, when Justin's having to scramble and extend plays, seems like Quinton's been able to make himself available and make some good catches. I just don't know if they're going to be able to find that rhythm enough to be able to get him in the end zone five times. Yeah, man, I think like there's going to be a time this year where like we saw it almost happen in this game where he's oh, going to yeah. catch a slant and he's taking it 60, 70 yards to the house. Oh, yeah, like, I firmly believe that. It feels like we're going to see that at some point this season, Agreed. especially presser situation, you know, no safety help over the top. He makes one man miss and he's gone. It feels like that's going to happen. The problem for me is the one touchdown and the first touchdown he got, 
like he was schemed wide open, right? Oh, and and that's kind of call, what yeah. it was, what it has taken for him to get into the end zone. Like he hasn't been particularly close on many of his end zone targets. You know, a couple of one handed attempts that he has, a couple of really tight throwing windows, but five is a lot, man, especially, you know, one in the first nine games. Obviously, he's in a much bigger role now. Can he get four in the next eight games? Who else thing I throw it to, right? I mean, I think you put him probably fifth in the pecking order behind, you know, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett, Donald Barham, Austin Eckworth, then Quentin Johnson. Even with who they're missing, he might be five on like the red zone pecking order. So yeah. I think a lot of it's gonna be hey, give him something short of the end zone and let him try to break his way into it or bust his way in, right? And that should yes. be what they're trying to do instead of throwing him fade routes. So if they use him better, I think there's a chance he gets it. It's just hard to see it right now with his current role what he's doing. Hey, if Keenan Allen misses, you know, maybe he gets five red zone targets this week. Who knows? But as of right now, I don't necessarily see it, but I do have more buyer sells to get into. So coming up after this, we're going to be getting into are Derwin James and Alohi Gilman really a good fit together in this Charger secondary because Alohi Gilman had a rough game after a couple of great games. Derwin James playing a little bit better, but it feels like both of them are box safeties, man. We're going to get into that coming up after this. I do want to tell you guys about FanDuel, though, because you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You just get to pick the game. You can pick the biggest favorite on the card. If you win that bet, you get $150 in those bonus bets. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. To me, what always sets them apart is the promotions they have going on. Right now, you can go on Thursday Night Football, Bengals and Ravens, and you can claim a profit boost token that will give you a 30% profit boost on a live wager that you place during that game, not just for new customers, but for new and returning customers. And as of right now, the game that David's going to at Lambeau on Sunday, the Chargers are a three-point favorite. I wonder if that line moves if Keenan Allen can't go for it because my personal line would move. Let's see if the Chargers can cover that spread. The over-under is 43 and a half, but any of your bets you're trying to get in, get them in with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, David, let's get into the rest of these buy or sell here. There's a lot I want to get into, and we have some good ones, including talking about Derwin James, because obviously the Chargers secondary has not played up to par, not done what we hoped they could do. And Derwin James, you know, has been really known for his personal foul penalties more than for making big plays on this defense so far this year. So we're going to get into that. But I do need to tell you guys to make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Kickoff Live going on every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time with hosts Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs. And they're going to get into every single matchup on the NFL slate that weekend and get insight from all of the local experts the only way that Locked On can. So make sure you guys are checking that out every Friday on every Locked On NFL channel, the Locked On NFL Kickoff Live show at 2 p.m. Eastern time every Friday. David, let's get to the next buy or sell here. One that I thought of late tonight as we were coming up with this show. And something that I think is kind of apparent, and it's the fit between Derwin James and Aloe Gilman. It's a little different when you run a ton of cover two, right? But the Chargers do vary away from that and have guys in safety specifically covering half of the field in their defense, especially when the pattern match zone you usually have two deep defenders on one side and one kind, you know, quarter, quarter, half. So one side has two people covering the deep part. The other side has one. This is the buy or sell here today, David. Derwin James and Elohi Gilman are both better suited as box safeties. 
Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I, I think that they have very similar play styles. I think they're both physical players. I think they're big hitters. I feel like they play with pretty good timing. Um, but it, I think it's just very apparent that they do their best work around the line of scrimmage. You know, yeah. being able to defeat blocks, being able to impose their will a little bit. I think, you know, back deep, I think Derwin's a little bit more comfortable in coverage. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think so. You know, with, with the low, he, uh, you know, especially in the last game, I mean, it was. It was bad in coverage. I mean, he got picked on five receptions on six targets, 111 yards and two touchdowns given up. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely one of those situations to where it's kind of, you know, water and water. I mean, there's not not really any compliment there. You know, it's not peanut butter and jelly in this situation. And I think they've been trying to find that right balance, that right mix with Derwin. And I don't think that Alohi is really that correct right dancing partner for him. Well, and that's why they drafted JT Woods, right? Like, that's exactly. what it was supposed to be. That's why they drafted Nizir Adderley originally when it was still Gus Bradley's defense. And that's the defense that Derwin James is, you know, drafted to play in, right? right. Cover three defense where he could be that middle of the field zone defender that he could come up and make big hits in the box. And he could also kind of take away those intermediate passes. And I think when you're looking at where they have both made their biggest impact in coverage, it's been coming up on intermediate throws. It's been yeah. going up on things in front of them. When is the last time you can remember that either one of these two guys was making a play on a deep ball 25-plus yards down the field? Yeah, it's a good point. I don't remember it. I know Dean Marlowe played back there when both of those guys were missing, and I remember two plays from that yeah. game that he got back there and was making a play on a deep ball and yeah. helping break up a deep ball, right? These guys aren't making plays in the deep part of the field. I mean, they, PFF is crediting Aloe Gilman for the first big play in the first half, huge play running across the field wide open right where Derwin James kind of looked like he might have had the other deep half and he kind of ran into his own. Hard to say, not knowing exactly what the coverage was there. Yeah. But he's also taking the heat for that 25-yard touchdown, the third and one where everybody bit on the run and they let a wide open tight end get into the end zone on a nicely floated ball from Jared Goff. So, yeah, I don't think these guys have the skill set. Like, I think both of them are better when they're playing kind of that robber defense and they can be, you know, up there for the crossing routes and the d yeah. deep in routes and things like that that they can break on in front of them. Neither yeah, one of them punishers. has really excelled as far as covering field, right, and being able to break up passes deep down the field. So right. speaking of coverage, the linebackers for the Chargers got absolutely picked on in this game in coverage. It was basically Alohi Gilman and the Chargers linebackers that gave up Get this, two-thirds of Jared Goff's passing yards came from either targeting the Chargers, two linebackers, or Alohi Gilman. That's how bad it was from yeah. those guys. So, to buy or sell is this, David. It's time to see what Dayon Henley can do. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it, it's it's a buy for me. I've been wanting to see Dayon Henley since they drafted Dayon Henley. I was never somebody who was, oh, this guy's got to earn his stripes on special teams. I saw the ability right away. I mean, it seemed like he was a lot more you know, natural in coverage, Felt like he had really good instincts. I mean, he was a, another former safety. So, you know, he, he's a guy that, that, you know, just really feels like his skill set would lend itself to what the Chargers are struggling with and with what Eric Kendricks has struggled with specifically. Eric Kendricks' last three games in coverage, six receptions on six targets, five receptions on seven targets, and six receptions on seven targets allowed. I mean, that's just not good enough. I mean, that that's a reception percentage of, of over 90% allowed. 
Like, that's a big, giant red target that, you know, opposing quarterbacks are like, where's Eric Kendricks in coverage? All right, there, there it is. Let me target him. So yeah. we, the Chargers need to find a better balance. They have a rookie that has some clear talent, and I feel like they would be remiss in doing themselves a disservice if they did not give an op- him an opportunity to see if he can impact that metric in a positive way. And I don't think we're going to. I think that's yeah. the bummer here because if you, I mean, Nick Neiman is the next guy on the field. Right. Nick Neiman's who took the snaps when Eric Kendricks missed games. But on like obvious passing downs, why not get this dude in there? I mean, even exactly. Nick Neiman, I mean, if you think of Nick Neiman, his best play of the season, breaking up a pass against TJ Hawkinson, where he glued himself to him in a big moment and caused yeah. an interception, right? Like, we're just not seeing enough plays, positive impact plays from these Chargers linebacker on passing plays, right? Like, yeah. They have four pass breakups on the season, three for Eric Kendricks and one for Kenneth Murray through nine games. And Eric Kendricks missed a couple of games, but it's just not enough. Kenneth Murray, if you want him to just cover the flat, he can do that in an outstanding fashion. You saw it on back-to-back, well, two times in three plays, it was perfectly kind of symbolized in that game because when the Detroit Lions were, you know, going for that field goal at the end of the game, first thing, they target Eric Kendricks, right, right away, play action, 41-yard pass with him, you know, chasing a guy down the sideline 20 yards behind him, right? That was awful. But Kenneth Murray makes a big play, pushes them out of field goal range, shoots on a play in the flats and gets a tackle for loss, right? That really put, uh, that put them in third and 15, right? That yeah. was a huge play by Kenneth Murray. Then they gave up 13 on third and 15, which drove me nuts. Yeah. But then on fourth and two, Kenneth Murray has a tight end, right? The pressure has to get home there, and that was the biggest part of that, right? But Kenneth yeah. Murray's in a hook zone, Tight end crosses his face. So Jared Goff doesn't go to him because Kenneth Murray's in a good spot at the beginning of it. But the problem is, is Kenneth Murray just stays planted there. It's fourth man. down, man. Plaster yourself to that dude. Right. Right. Like when things are getting, you know, going a little bit too long, you have to know, hey, I better cover somebody. This guy in front of me is not going to catch that ball. Instead, he tries to hand him off. The flat defender's too far away to make a play. And the rest is history. But yeah. I do think, hey, get Dayon Henley out there. Like we're almost to the point where, hey, it's like, let's see some of these young guys. Dean Leonard. As a young guy that, I mean, Dean Leonard was probably the best Chargers corner on Sunday. In coverage, he definitely was. Yeah, right. beautiful pass breakup. I mean, it was Yeah, excellent. I mean, and they tried to target Text him early book. and realized, like, okay. He ain't the let, one. Let's yeah. go back to targeting <laughs> Kenneth Murray <laughs> exactly. and Eric Kendricks, right? Like, that happened exactly. really quick. They targeted him back-to-back plays. You're like, all right, we're done with that. That would have been an Armand <laughs> Ross St. Brown touchdown in that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm excited by that. He was bad in run defense, right? And we'll see if that part can get better. But. Coming in for Michael Davis, he was awesome. So maybe it's time to start seeing some of these young guys. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. If there's any young guys you want us to talk about, you can tell us tomorrow because it is Chargers Mailbag Day after, you know, Monday Night Football. Last week, excited to give the shows back to you guys this week. Call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 if you want to get your 30-second Chargers voicemail in there. Or hit us up at LockdownLAC on Twitter if you want to ask us what your question is. We'll put a post out. You can hit me up at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer at DrotalkSD as well. If you want to hit us up on Instagram, you can do that at Locked On Chargers or even on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We want you guys to ask us the questions. Do you guys want us to talk about at this point in the season at 4 and 5? Some big games coming up. So let us know what you guys are thinking, but we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.